Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Today is a bookkeeping bonanza. And if alliteration doesn't get you excited, hopefully the topic of bookkeeping. Oh my God. So excited. I was, I'm not sure I'm selling this as well as I could have, but anyway, bookkeeping and how to handle bookkeeping, what kind of software should you use if you're going to be doing bookkeeping using software, whether you need to hire a bookkeeper and if so, when, I think we're going to dive into all of it. We're going to take on yeah. a lot today. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be fun. This is the all kind of fun that only financial coaches could have on a topic like this. So. In terms of this bookkeeping bonanza, Joshua Escalante Troche, where would you like to start? Yeah, why don't we start with what is bookkeeping? That is a good idea. Start you make the, the assumption that everyone knows, and there are a large number of people in the community that are bookkeepers, but doesn't mean that everyone does. So the concept of bookkeeping is really just creating the records of your business's finances. So you can kind of think of it as YNAB for your business, just a little more structured with some more laws associated with it. <laughs> and some people use YNAB for business, so they may be confused and say, but wait, I use that for my business. But right. the idea of tracking your personal spending, except with your business. Yeah. And having a tool and system that's compliant as well. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about what bookkeeping is, is basically having a record of all the financial transactions of your business, right? Mm -hmm. Not just money that flowed in and flowed out, but where it flowed in from and what it's flowing out to. With regard to the laws associated with it, there are three primary sets of laws that financial coaches should be aware of with relation to why bookkeeping is important. The first law is the most applicable, the most broadly applicable, and that is taxes. So there are rules related to your bookkeeping that are required. They are very vague, but good bookkeeping will provide you with a nice safe zone within that vagueness of the IRS saying, you need to keep records. We'll define records as if we like them, it's good. If it's not, it's bad. And we're not going to tell you what exactly we like, right? Totally clear to me. Awesome with the IRS. And so bookkeeping will basically help you to be able to justify the deductions that you're going to take on your taxes to be able to demonstrate that you did file your taxes correctly. One of the big things that is a huge myth is how long do you need to keep tax records? And you know, some people will say 10 years, mainly because they pulled a nice round number out of their butt. Other people will say seven years because they pulled a non-round number out of their butt. Other people will say three years because that's the statute of limitations on your taxes. Okay, so 
that's at least not pulled completely out of another region. But maybe not accurate. It's not accurate because that three years is, yes, there is a statute of limitations, but that statute of limitations starts from the date that you file with the IRS, all truthful and full information. Which means that if you didn't accurately record information and the IRS says, well, yeah, but you don't have the books to substantiate that this is that your tax return is a true and full accounting, then guess what? Statute of limitations never started. Got it. Okay. And even if you did have a full record, so on and so forth, there's other things such as you sell a house 20 years later. You then say that when I purchased the house on this date, that's basis for not paying a certain portion of the capital gains. Well, guess what? 20 years pass. That just reopened the statute of limitations on that because you're using 20 years ago as part of your substantiation. Okay. So, so do it because it's the right thing to do. Start doing bookkeeping sooner rather than later. Yeah. Because it will, they can reach back much okay. further than people believe. Far, far cool. further. And so you absolutely want to do it from a, a tax standpoint. The second set of rules is less financial, fewer financial coaches will be subject to this. But different states will have requirements for having books, depending on what you do. Financial coaches that live in states that require them to be registered as registered investment advisors are required to keep books, the finances of their business, under the registered investment advisor requirements. But other states will have other rules, depending on the type of business or even just the records that are required by the state. So that's okay. a second set of rules. It doesn't apply to everyone, and it doesn't apply equally to everyone because different people live in different states. The third set is what almost everything is based on, which is generally acceptable accounting principles. While those apply to everyone, they are really more important for businesses that have investors. Most financial coaches probably don't have investors <laughs> yet yeah. for their business. And so this is the one that's least likely to be applicable. But again, states may say in accordance with generally acceptable accounting principles, in which case you're kind of back to that anyway. Okay. Realize that the tax rules and the gap rules are different. So generally acceptable accounting principles is called gap. So those mm -hmm. two rules are different. They treat things differently, which creates a little bit of confusion for a lot of people as they're kind of dealing with this. Right. So. But for financial coaches who don't have investors, it should be easier. Unless the state requires them to follow gap, Okay. The rules of the IRS are probably going to be the most applicable, but every business, most businesses actually have sets of books that are compliant to GAP and compliant to the IRS, mainly because the IRS categorizes things and has a different set of rules. And so it doesn't mean that you have books that aren't in alignment with each other. It's just intricacies are different. So this is all, by the way, more complex than most financial coaches will have to deal with. So don't get scared by this. But it's important to have that background because you may be dealing with things, especially as you talk to your CPA and, or your bookkeeper, that may seem a little bit, well, why are they saying it this way? Yeah, I was going to say most coaches will probably be like, well, maybe I should keep my books because 
I've heard it's something I should do, or then I get to deduct things on my taxes. And, you know, that sounds great. So I'm kind of on board just from a basic level of this can save me money. Not assuming that everyone has that more simplistic approach, but I think starting with- Absolutely a valid approach and a definite reason to explore bookkeeping. (laughs) Agreed. Okay. So that's what bookkeeping is. Right. It's just keeping a record more mm-hmm. or less. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, I mean, my bank gives me a record every month. I get my expenses and my income from my business. Yeah. And that is a good starting point. But those that income needs to be categorized based on the type of income that it is. That's usually really easy. Yeah. The expenses need to be categorized based on the type of expenses they are. That is usually a little more complex. And it's not to say that it's impossible to do, but it's a little more complex because the IRS has a definitive set of categories for expenses. And generally speaking, you want your bookkeeping to line up with those categories from the IRS. Make life easier for yourself. Exactly. The, so that's kind of at a high end what bookkeeping is. Yeah. What do you want to tackle next? I think, so let's say there's a new financial coach out there and Mm -hmm. they realize that, okay, I get what bookkeeping is and how should I start keeping my books, right? Do I do Excel? Should I use a software platform? Should I just give it to somebody straight from the outset, even though I don't have any transactions, right? Like what should I kind of, how should I get started? So For me, it comes down to how, and I don't want to say this in a judgmental way, but just sort of in a introspective way, how serious are you about growing the business? If, and this is not to say that, you know, financial coaches that are not like, I want to grow to a full-time income and blah, 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 are bad financial coaches. That may be perfectly good of saying, hey, I just want to do this, you know, evenings with a few people. Great. Awesome. I'm retired. I don't need a bunch of income from it. Yeah. But the more serious you are about growing the business larger, the more, the earlier you want to start in getting help with bookkeeping. And the reason why is because it is generally going to be cheaper to set the books up correctly, Mm -hmm. even if you're going to do the majority of the categorization work for a period of time and then hand it off to a bookkeeper later than it is to have four years of books that you have to pay a bookkeeper to go through and redo four years worth of information, right? A lot of people say, well, yeah, I don't have very many transactions, but a lot of the time that the bookkeeper spends doing that you're, they're charging you for is going to be things like hunting down statements opening up a statement to find one transaction in it and categorize that one transaction to be able to reconcile it, right? And that time takes the same whether you have one transaction that month or 50. Okay. And and so just anything that you can do to make that handoff easier later is going to be beneficial, even if it's Talking with your CPA, who may be the person that's going to be working on your books later on in life, what should my account structure look like? Right. And there are CPAs and bookkeepers that have like packages 
that help mm-hmm. you set that up when you're yeah. starting your business out. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And especially whoever your current CPA is, great way to start it. If the you have a CPA, and if you don't, might be a good time to talk and be looking for a CPA. Yeah, absolutely. If you're doing something kind of on the side, I'm a little more ambivalent toward it. As you start to think about growing a real full-time business, as you start to bring in income from a business, CPAs become more and more important. So, yeah. And I have many clients who I literally will say, I can't work with you if you don't have a CPA, because I don't think that I can fulfill my fiduciary responsibility if they don't have an expert on the tax side helping them. Good point. I think that that fully answers that question. Yeah, just kind of where right. to get started so you can have someone help you set up the, the structure, at least initially, like the chart of accounts and making sure that you're getting started off on the right foot. And then, yes, you can categorize your own transactions once you have that structure set up. It's just how quickly you want to transition to potentially hiring help based on how quickly you ultimately want to be growing your financial coaching business. Yeah. And let's talk about that transition to hiring help. Because, I mean, could you technically someone could use Excel for a long time? Also, just to talk about like the type of tech tool. Do you suggest someone use Excel at all or just say, you know what, get into the software at this point? Yeah, get into software. The software, Wave and QuickBooks both have low cost or free options for really basic bookkeeping, which if you're doing it where you're just doing side business type or side income type stuff, it's probably going to be perfectly sufficient for you. Yeah. Right. Excel, there's nothing wrong with it. The IRS is going to be perfectly fine with Excel. The problem with Excel is you don't have an easy system for importing the data. You don't have an easy system for setting up automated rules. You don't have an easy system for archiving the information so that you have it. Everything is pretty much manual. Yeah. Excel. Yeah. And Excel Excel gurus will say, yeah, but Excel can do all of that. Yeah. If you want to spend 20 hours working in Excel instead of finding clients, you can totally do that. But it's probably not worth it. And the next question that begs is, which tool should I use? And I do have a definitive answer to that. And it's going to default to one of them. And the definitive answer is, find a bookkeeper or CPA that you're going to work with in the future, especially your CPA, and ask them, what What tool do they use? (laughs) Because whatever they use is what you want to use. If they're using QuickBooks, which the majority of them probably will be using, like, right? They'll say well, almost all my clients are on QuickBooks. Then if you're using Wave, the $5 a month that you're going to save on Wave, you're going to eat up in CPA time when they're doing your taxes because they're going to spend more time pulling the reports because they're not as familiar with it, right? And so it's, it's really important that you base that decision on what your CPA uses. Okay. Just cost considerations. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. This is an instance of, you know, save a penny to spend and spend a dollar. Right. So. I like that because it makes the decision less about, okay, I need to do all the research on my end for Wave versus 
QuickBooks versus Zero versus whatever else is out there. That's and it also helps you getting connection with, if you aren't already, a CPA, which most likely uh, you will need at some point in the future, unless you want to keep it really, really small, yeah. your financial coaching business. And then the question is, when do you hire a bookkeeper? Yes. And the answer is always sooner. I have yeah. never, ever met. It's uh, Hiring a bookkeeper is like hiring a VA. Mm-hmm. The old people who have reasons why you shouldn't are people who haven't hired one yet. <laughs> Got it. And it's one of those things where I have a lot of business owners who don't want to hire a bookkeeper because of the cost. And then once they find a good bookkeeper, and there is a problem there because there's a lot of bookkeepers that screw things up. But once they find a good one, they are so happy that they have it because the amount of time savings that it creates is enormous. And so as we look at this, that becomes a big component is don't look at it from a cost perspective. It look at it from a time perspective. Yeah. And this is another reason why is you want to grow your business larger, right? If you really are, are focused on that, why hiring a bookkeeper early is better, not only because the idea of growing your business larger is going to mean you're going to have a more complex business sooner, mm-hmm. but also because if you're focused on growing your business larger, then taking time away to do what are mostly straightforward tasks that could be used for working with clients, for getting clients, for promoting yourself, for sales calls. That's not a very good trade-off of you're trading off high value time that you're not doing for low value time that you are doing in order to save $100, $150, $200 a month. Which I know sounds like a lot, but it sounds like a lot for, you know, early coaches who are like, why Acuity plus QuickBooks plus ConvertKit plus all of these other tech tools a month combined. Right. Right. And and it only takes me an hour to do it on Mm -hmm. my own. Yeah. So I get I do understand why that is a that's something that people get hung up on for sure. And again, it you have to look at it from the time perspective. If it's truly only taking you an hour because you have a very simple business with very few transactions. Yeah. To do it correctly, there's a big caveat because and make sure to count the times when you do accidentally break it and then you have to spend a couple hours figuring it out. Yep. I can absolutely diagnose people's medical conditions much faster than a doctor can. I have a big wheel of medical diagnosis that I spin. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but it's important to, to think about if you're doing it correctly in that time as well. Good point. The more complex your business is, the less likely that's to be the case. So as we look at all of these things, it's a matter of that time trot up. So if you are doing it in an hour and you're doing it correctly in an hour because that's the way your business is, then the time trade-off wouldn't make a lot of sense there. On the other hand, if you're spending more than that hour or you're not doing it correctly or you are finding yourself at a lack for time in general, This is a very low hanging fruit thing to free up an extra hour of time to be able to go get clients or just spend time with your kids. Correct. 
because not all free time should be spent on the business. In exactly. An ideal world. exactly. Yeah, that's a very um, good point. And then the other thing is you want to think about what else you're going to get in addition to that. So when prior to Excel coming out, companies had teams of accountants doing bookkeeping, the actual and other, well, basically bookkeeping, just categorizing transactions and doing financial stuff and everything else because everything was manual. Then Excel comes out and it revolutionizes the industry. And now a single accountant can do in a day with Excel, what took four weeks for a team of accountants to do. And with that incredible automation, guess what happened with accounting jobs? More of them were created. Saying that because you know that that's gotta be the answer, otherwise I wouldn't have asked it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. A accounting jobs actually increase and the number of accountants that people hired increases increased. And the reason why is because company, once that huge free time sped up, then they started asking their accountants for more in-depth reports, more information. They wanted, to, they wanted them to run financial projections and everything else because they had the time to do it. Right. And then they saw the value of all of that. And so they started hiring even more accountants because they realized, well, this other stuff that they weren't able to do before is even more valuable than the stuff that they were doing before that Excel replaced. Right. And the same thing can happen in your business with regard to when you have a good bookkeeper who's capable of, when you have a question about your business, instead of you having to spend four hours figuring out the information about that question and then what you want to know about it and what the how to tease that information out of the report for another six hours, and then another five hours actually going into Excel and fiddling around with it, being able to just send an email and say, hey, I'd like a report that tells me this. And then a couple of hours later, that report comes to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, is a really valuable thing. Uh, one of the things that takes an enormous amount of time in my business is uh, what are called solicitor relationships. So a uh, company uh, books a call with me with a prospect. I then get that call booked. By the way, there are a ton of these companies that are complete scams. So you have to be very careful with this, by the way. Um, but And then I have this ongoing relationship with the client. Right? And I owe a percentage of the income from that client. Well, that is an enormous amount of work to sit there and go through all my clients, identify, recategorize the income, pull out the percentages, everything else. It's just something that I have my bookkeeper email me the report once a month. That also means I don't have to think about it because when the report comes in, that's when I actually send off the information and send the checks. And now it's no longer something that's taking up my mental space in the in-between times. And those types of things can be really valuable. That specific scenario, probably not applicable to financial coaches, but there will be other things where your mental time and your, your mental space and your physical time are going to be much better used in other things. Yeah. And for a bookkeeper, it's just a matter of sending you a report. Awesome. Uh, Ebony had a great question, which is how yeah. do you vet bookkeepers? 
to find yeah. the good ones, right? That you talked about. Yeah. So one of the ways that you want to vet them is you want to ask them what type of businesses they generally deal with. Accounting, tax rules, all sorts of things are very, very different depending on the structure of your business and depending on the industry that you're in. Good CPAs will tell you, I don't do that. Right. Even to the point of saying, oh, you're a you're a coffee shop versus a business that sells durable goods. You're both retail stores. Yeah, but I don't do the durable goods one because the accounting is different for companies that carry inventory. It's it's different for uh, long term inventory versus short term inventory. It's different for S corps versus C corps. And so you want to make sure that the the bookkeeper has some experience with your type of business that should be both, you know, if you're a sole proprietor, they have a lot of clients that are sole proprietors, but it also should be, you are a professional, you're an advice giving professional. They should have other advice giving professionals. (laughs) Yeah. And another thing that I'm thinking of is if you run an online business that, and you have a lot of different tech tools, and the ways in which you get paid is, you know, some through acuity, some through QuickBooks invoicing, some through maybe, or if you are using integrations, that they also understand how to, if they're remotely tech savvy in that regard, you know, so that the data that they pull in isn't that they know how to do that to make it more efficient because, yeah, that can make your life a lot easier. But if they don't understand how to do that, or you're very tech savvy and they aren't, I think from a compatibility standpoint, then they may not also. And I get that that's kind of like, do they get your type of business and the way that you like to run your business with a different suite of tools? Yeah. And, you know, I have a client, you realize that it's part of this is going to be, you know, like dating. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to kiss a few frogs as the saying goes. And don't, don't kiss your bookkeeper. It's just an, it's a turn of phrase. We're not well, we're you're married to them. <laughs> it's true. Like I'd be like, Josh, don't kiss any more than one lawyer. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But as we look at this, I have a client. We are going through the fourth bookkeeper right now. The first two, because I found massive mistakes that were just, okay, we can't do this anymore. One of them, they just couldn't do what we needed them to do. And the current one is they can't handle employees outside of their home state. The problem. (laughs) And so all of these things are things where you want to ask these questions up front, but some people are hungry for business and will give answers on the assumption that they can figure it out not realizing that there's more complexity there than they think. And hopefully with Which where you're learning as a financial coach when you're hungry for business. But hopefully, you know, with where financial coaches generally are, which is relatively simple books, if they are set up correctly from the beginning, if you hire a bookkeeper before you get too much business or too much complexity, hopefully then it wouldn't have the same levels of complexity as for example, like a brick and mortar business with physical goods, 
So some of those same challenges won't apply, but they might. I was just, that's more of a like, don't get scared, financial yeah. coaches. Don't let that discourage you from looking. Even if it's scary. So one of the mistakes that I found was a mistake in the bookkeeping where it was going to cost the client, this is not an exaggeration, over $100,000 in additional taxes that they should not be paying. Okay. And so we hired the new bookkeeper, submitted a extension to the tax return. We'll probably be filing a tax return with an amendment associated with it. Uh, if we can't do it within the time period that we need to, if you have good professionals, even like really scary mistakes are fixable before they destroy your financial life because not a dime extra has been paid yet. And so it's, it's really important that even if it seems really scary, as long as you're paying attention, as long as you have, you're seeking the advice when you need it, then even scary stuff is not a huge deal. It's a matter of just, okay, what do we have to do to avoid this mistake costing you money? And how do we then rectify it, right? Yeah. If three years go by and then we find this out, then you've lost $100,000 for those three years. And that can That's be a problem. Crazy. Yeah. That can be a problem. Yeah. Anything in particular? I mean, we've talked about what bookkeeping is, how to get started, when to get started, that you can hire help as you're getting started, you know, what tools to use, when to think about hiring a bookkeeper, generally sooner rather than later, depending on complexity, even if the upfront cost is a little scary to start, which FYI is going to be a theme for a lot of things that we talk about for you paying for in your business, that investing in a bookkeeper, investing in other paid tools, investing in financial coach training programs, financial coach network. <laughs> it's scary to make commitments yeah. to ongoing recurring costs as you'll see it. But mm -hmm. The goal is if done with intentionality, then you will get much more back than you put in financially because ultimately your time is very valuable and being able to not reinvent the wheel with building a coaching business like Financial Coaches Network or not having to spend hours upon hours when you miscategorize transactions or QuickBooks accidentally pulls in duplicate transactions and you don't notice and then you don't know how to go back and delete them from the register not talking from personal experience, but 100% I am, right? And then like, okay, it makes sense to then, you then start to realize how much time it actually costs you yeah. and why it's important to hand that stuff off. Because if your time is valuable, like Josh said, you can be doing much more important things that will make you more money that then can mm -hmm. afford additional things to take off your plate. So I think or, it is also a mindset shift too. Yeah, it's absolutely a mindset shift. Or not just make more money because don't make that your only determinant. Or that frees up your time to be able to do other things in life. Like hang out with your cats because I don't have children. So, right. yeah. I think a good first start for everyone would be if you have a CPA, schedule a meeting with, a, with your CPA. If you don't have a CPA, find a CPA that you might want to use in the future and pay for an hour meeting with them might cost you $300. And I know that sounds like a lot of money, but 
set it up and and ask them what type of system should I have? What should my account structure look like? And then take that information from the CPA and go to QuickBooks for, I think, $5 a month or Wave if they use Wave or what for free or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. and set it up the way that the CPA said to set it up. Maybe see if in that $300 that you paid for the meeting, they'd be willing to log in and just take a look at it for five minutes afterward so that you can do it without spending the $100, $200 a month for a bookkeeper for a period of time. But you know that the work that you're doing is aligned with and ready for the CPA, you know, whether that's a year or two years or three years down the road. Because just spending that little bit of money and time up front can save you an enormous amount of time later in having a bookkeeper have to go back and recategorize four years worth of transactions or having a CPA that has to spend an extra two hours every time they file your taxes, fixing the mess of bookkeeping that you have. And not even necessarily because you did something wrong, but because you did something not the way they normally do it. Oh, that's a good point. Would you suggest, you know, if someone's like, well, I don't feel ready to hire a CPA yet, but like for someone to do the bookkeeping step before the CPA step, there are reasons to not do that or why that is okay to do. And so when I said uh, schedule a time with a a CPA, if you don't have one, it may be you just find a CPA that you want to use in the future when your business gets to a certain point but you're going to pay for one hour of their time right now just to set up the books correctly so that when you do use them, maybe in two or three years that everything's kind of already ready for them. And do bookkeepers have to be CPAs? Cause you keep talking about CPAs. So no. I'm just trying to think of different iterations. Like a CPA can also do bookkeeping. A bookie, a CPA could also hire a bookkeeper under their own company, but you could also technically have a bookkeeper and a CPA who work at different companies, like a bookkeeper who does it on their own. Okay. Yeah. So I have a bookkeeper that specializes in my specific type of company. (laughs) Yeah. And then I have my CPA, which is more about the complexity of all the different things that I have going on. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you could. Broader than just one company. And so that first connection could be a CPA or a bookkeeper to help you set up your books and talk about the chart of accounts. And then if you really wanted to, you could work with a bookkeeper on an ongoing basis if you were so inclined from the beginning and then down the road, talk to a CPA for kind of more of the filing taxes part. So there can be kind of, it doesn't have to just be a CPA. It could be a bookkeeper plus CPA or any kind of combination. And if you have a CPA for your family finances, Mm -hmm definitely talk with them because they're the ones that are going to be dealing with your business period, because it does have to show up on your tax return. Even if you have a C corp, something's going to show up on your tax return related to it. (laughs) Good point. So So. that they know. Cool. Well, if there are any questions, please go put them in the comments and we'll answer them. Otherwise we'll probably wrap it up. I think we got through the bookkeeping bonanza that we promised y'all and if you are not watching about arson as well <laughs> barn burning oh yeah that's what it was. okay yeah not arson come on man this Neither is telling you in there somewhere yes like, don't don't <laughs> put that out there this is recorded what are you doing 
Uh, anyway, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. What is that? Uh, we'll men in black. Post. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and Josh, we will be on next week with some special guests. Yeah. Which is going to be fun. Yeah. So we'll have a couple people from the AFCPE coming on, talking about certifications, the value of the accredited financial counselor AFC designation. Generally the value of certifications in general. In general. Yeah. Because we think they're pretty valuable. So, and we'll see you then. Awesome. Thanks as always, Josh. And take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.